In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Christ is risen. He is risen. This is the 38th sermon in this series of homilies on the Sunday Epistle readings. <clears throat> For the last few weeks, we've been reading from the book of Acts, and we continue today. We kind of come to a midpoint in the book of Acts <clears throat> to kind of give you a perspective of what is covered in this chronicle of Luke, I want to just kind of give you a little bit of a timeline. Of course, Christ ascended into heaven around the year 30 AD. It's about a year later that St. Stephen was martyred while Saul presided over that martyrdom. And of course, the church was scattered after that. It was about the year 42. There was almost 11 years later that we have the account in the book of Acts of Peter escaping from uh, prison in Jerusalem where he was being held guard. And he fled to, to leave the city And we really don't hear about anything about Peter for until another six years. In the year 48 was the the Council of Jerusalem, where they settled the question about what to do about the Gentiles. And after that point, we don't hear anything about Peter or any of the other apostles, really, except for Paul and those who were traveling with Paul. The rest of the book of Acts is all about the journeys of missionary journeys of Paul and gives us no details about what all the other apostles are doing. So why is this? Why is that the first half of the book of Acts is kind of dominated by the personality of Peter, but the last half is almost completely about Paul? Well, there's a very simple reason. St. Luke is the author of this book, and he traveled with Paul. And basically, the book of Acts is is sort of a travelogue by St. Luke. And so that is why the rest of his account is basically about the missionary journeys of Paul. So we have to rely on holy tradition to know what was going on with the other apostles, Peter and James and John and and all the others. But it is a wonderful thing that in the Orthodox Church we have access to this information and that we can have full confidence in the oral and written tradition handed down to us, giving us the details of what happened in the early church all the way through the first century and on beyond. So what we find here in today's reading is that Paul and Silas are in the city of Philippi. Now, Philippi is a city in in modern-day Macedonia. And it was a very um, prosperous city, but also had a lot of paganism in it. 
Of course, the Roman uh, Empire was a pagan culture, worshiping these false gods. And so they were surrounded by that type of influence. And in this city, they found out where the, the devout Jews were. And they found that apparently there were not enough men, Jewish men, to have a full-fledged synagogue. But out by the riverside on the Sabbath, people would gather, and especially the distinguished women of, of Philippi would gather for uh, prayer and singing of the Psalms and whatever they would do, gather and, and fulfill their religious obligations. So Paul and Silas went out to meet with them and share the gospel. And there was a particular lady named Lydia who was very devout, who worshiped God. And the Lord says that the Lord opened her heart to the things spoken by Paul. And so she, after the service was over, after the session was over, she said to them, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she, at this meeting, along with some others, were actually baptized in the river after this service. They accepted the gospel. They accepted the good news of Christ. They were Jewish. Their hearts had been prepared and catechized. And when Paul delivered the gospel and explained to them that everything they had been prepared for had been fulfilled in Christ, they embraced the gospel. They were baptized immediately. And after this, she invited Paul and Silas to come to her home. And this is kind of a classic example of how the early church grew and how churches were planted. This is a model for church planting. Go into a city, preach the gospel, find a worthy person, a worthy household, and establish a church in their house. And this is what Paul and Silas did. So they set up there, and then they, they began to work in this community. And for several days, this is where we come upon the reading that was in the, the book today, the book of Acts today, for several days they were being followed by this woman who was demon-possessed. And because of her demon possession, she was able to, to tell people the future, to predict things, and she was a slave girl, and she was used by her masters to make money for them through her gift of being able to predict the future and and know things that people should not be able to know. So she began to follow them, and the, and the evil spirit within her just kept repeating over and over, these people are slaves of God, and they, they uh, let's see, what does this actually say? They, um, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. It's strange, isn't it? This evil spirit speaking through her and proclaiming the, who these people are. And this is apparently this demon that she had was able, had this gift of knowing things, knowing the, about 
perhaps uh, how people would bet on things or gamble on things or whatever, or what they should do in the future. But it also knew who Paul and Silas were. It had his discerning spirit. And, but it became very irritating to Paul after a while because she kept following them around just saying this over and over and over. So finally it wore him out. And so he stops and he looks and he, he casts out the demon. He says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Well, everything had been fine until now. But this got them into deep trouble because they upset the economy of the community. Just this one particular aspect of it. And so the owners of the slave girl brought an accusation against them that they were causing trouble and, and teaching things contrary to Roman law and, and all this and got them thrown into jail and beaten and uh, abused, and so they're thrown into jail. But Paul and Silas do not let this discourage them. They didn't just, and they were, they were they basically their feet were put into stocks, and so they had to just lay there at night and uh, encumbered that way. But they did not let it discourage them. It says that they began to sing psalms and hymns and to pray. They prayed throughout the night and the prisoners were listening to them and the jailkeeper was listening to them. They were evangelizing in the jail. And so in the middle of the night <clears throat> came a great earthquake and their chains were miraculously loosened from them. They were set free and the jailkeeper, when he saw this, he panicked. He thought that his prisoners had escaped. And if you were a jailkeeper and your prisoners escape, your fate is sealed. You are tortured and executed if this happens. And so when he saw this happen, he, he drew a sword as to, to kill himself, just get it over with. But Paul thankfully interceded quickly and said, Stop, we're still here. So Paul and Silas evangelized the jailkeeper. He said to them, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And it was very simple. Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Not just him, but his whole household. Paul said, would be saved through his faith. This says something to us about the authority that we have, especially as men and as heads of households. When we believe, we bring the grace of God into the lives of our family. And also this explains also why the church practices infant baptism. 
that we, our children, are saved through our faith. We bring them to the Lord, we baptize them, and of course we know that when they become adults, they have to volitionally, intentionally embrace that faith and make it their own. The whole household is saved, so so the jailer brings them, Paul and Silas, to his home, and he attends to their wounds and shows great compassion. He begins to exercise his faith already. And immediately, he and his family were all baptized. No catechism. No catechism. All baptized. And it says, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with his, all of his household. We see in this story today a clash between Christianity and paganism. And especially against materialism. They were fine. Saint uh, Paul and Silas were getting along fine until they affected the economy of the culture in which they were working. And we also have this same enemy, materialism. In fact, materialism may be our greatest enemy as Christians. There are some people who think that this is all there is, what you can see and what you can touch and feel. And they think that anything, anything you can do to hang on to what you have, even your own life, is okay to do because that's all there is. But we as Christians do not believe that. We believe that all this physical stuff is going to pass away and that only the eternal, the spiritual, the virtuous things will remain. In this crisis with the coronavirus, we see a lot of fear. Some people believe that the worst thing that can happen to you is death. But that is not the worst thing that can happen to you. The worst thing that can happen is to be separated from God, to not know God, to die in your sins, to spend eternity in hell because you did not embrace the love of Jesus Christ. And so we, in this crisis, have endeavored to be obedient to our government and to our church authorities. But at the same time, we have tried to emphasize that we are not afraid. We're not afraid of death. We're not afraid of the suffering that comes with death because we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the resurrection. We believe that our life is hidden with God in Christ. And so let us go forth into our culture and to continue to share the love of Jesus Christ with boldness and with true faith. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Christ is risen. Christ is risen.